The whole like no code to low code to code transition is sort of a stopgap where the tools just aren't good enough right now. But I think in the long term, that probably won't be how it works. I think nobody really wants to rebuild their product three times either. If they could do it really well with one tool and it works, um, then why would you go and rebuild it? Once upon a time, there were tens of thousands of makers struggling. Every day they built for hours and hours but didn't ship and didn't earn enough income. One day, the No Code Wealth podcast and newsletter came to help them find a way. Because of this, makers became founders and earned the money they deserve. Because of this, founders can have growth, freedom, and wealth until tomorrow. No code becomes the next big skill that changes the future of humanity. That's what I'm all about. Hello, my name is Abdulaziz, and from an ethical hacker to a European Ivy League business graduate to a hypnotherapist to a growth marketer, I've lost everything twice. And now I'm rebuilding my life one more time, 1% a day. The No Code Wealth podcast and newsletter are for the makers and founders who have the proactivity, perspective, and persistence to go on this journey with me and get the answers about money, marketing, and mindsets so that makers become earners earners become founders, and founders get freedom and create wealth. And thank you all for the support. This podcast is now ranking nicely on Apple in the entrepreneurship category. Top 200 in San Francisco, top 60 in Germany, top 50 in the UK, top 30 in Sweden, top 25 in Italy, and top 25 in India. So let's keep going, keep rating, reviewing, subscribing, and sharing. My guest today is awesome. He's the co-founder and CEO of Adalo. His name is Jeremy Blaylock from the University of Southern of California at Berkeley to St. Louis, Missouri. From co-founding Outline.com to Politify.us, Jeremy is brilliant, and it's an honor to have him here today. How are you? Hey, great to be here. Thanks for having me. And I should correct you on one thing. I am the former co-founder and CEO of Adala because I actually left the company. Um, as some people might know, back in September of 2020. Uh, but I was there from when it was started and built a lot of the first software myself in my living room all the way until you know when I departed from the company last year under duress. I'm happy to talk more about that, but uh, just happy to talk about whatever whatever we're here to discuss. Yes. So, okay, let's see what we could discuss because I see so many avenues that we go through. But do you have right now an idea that you're contemplating or thinking about implementing or you began working on? Yeah. So while I was at Adalo, I saw a lot of people getting a lot of having a lot of interest in Adalo. And for those who are not familiar, Adalo is basically a no code mobile app builder that lets you build fairly complex apps um, all the way from design through to shipping them to the app stores. Uh, but what it, when I say it's complex, it's a little bit more of an involved building experience. And what I've been thinking about now is how do you make something that's a little more distilled down, a little simpler to use, and also kind of gives you a lot of the design part out of the box? Because that was what a lot of our users really struggled with at Adalo was they came to us with an idea, they started building it, but often they weren't designers. And so often their apps reflected that because we were essentially giving them a blank canvas to do anything. But uh, 
lately I've been thinking a lot about tools that are a little more design opinionated and they kind of give you a framework, but let you design within that or configure within that. So that's mostly what I've been working on and thinking about since then. Um, I've also had a couple other little experiments in, uh, with, with a tool called Easy Button that I was working on for a while that will probably ship on Product Hunt soon. Um, it's basically a no-code tool to build dashboards, uh, customer support dashboards. Um, and then I've just been generally thinking about the space for a while too, so. Great. Uh, let's speak, you know, and explore that one where you said it's a platform or something that is uh, design opinionated that will allow people who are no coders but don't have those design shops to work within constraints and have a well-designed app or result that they will ship in the end, although they are not. Let's explore it so that, speaking specifically, what yeah. kind of people is this targeted for? Yeah, so this is more for somebody who would today be using MailChimp or Google Docs and they're familiar with how to do those things. I think the interface that I'm envisioning for it and that I've started prototyping a little bit but haven't really shipped yet is inspired by like what Squarespace and MailChimp and other tools like those ones do where you're dragging things into a specific position on the canvas rather than putting it wherever you want. Um, the, the big difference being there, I had kind of seen... So, and, and also again, for those who are not familiar, Adalo, building an app in Adalo, you drag things around very freely, like in a design tool, like in building a PowerPoint, you can move it to any location on the screen. And then our algorithm would take that and figure out how to actually make a layout for it and, you know, display your app. If it has text that's longer, it'll wrap properly and all that stuff. It'll just kind of figure that on its own. But the alternative, which is what MailChimp and Squarespace and Webflow even, I mean, Webflow is a little more complex, but they, they also take a similar approach. Um, what they do is a more structured approach. So rather than me just putting this at the bottom of the page or somewhere in the middle and then put other things above or below it, I just drag things on kind of more like, you know, editing a Word doc. And, you know, this sentence is after the previous sentence and this image is after that sentence. Um, but it all has a structure and an order to it. And by doing it that way, we can basically already preset what all the margins are between your content, what the alignment and spacing is. And so kind of out of the box, if you have components that are designed to look similar, and then you have that in a more structured grid, everything can kind of just look good on its own and you know, just shine without you having to do too much design tweaks and moving pixels around here and there. Great. And let's go even deeper. So what? if people will not have that shiny design and they will have just an okay design that they worked on themselves without needing one extra tool or without moving platforms? Are we just exploring the idea? Yeah, so basically the idea would be you could come with, a pro with kind of like a wireframe or an idea in your head and say you want to build an app that's for e-commerce. And granted, this is not a very common, not a very common use case because a lot of people will just use Shopify or one of the other tools out there. But if you want to have a list of products and then you want to have a checkout flow, um, in this case, like something like the checkout flow is probably something I would just want to have sort of preset. But if you want to drag a list of products onto the page, you put that on there. Um, if you want to put a header at the top, you could drag that up to the top. Likely though, there will be some templates 
um, where things like, you know, the top nav bar would already be kind of on there on the page and you would just be able to do some configuration there or hide it um, just to make it easier to get to that state where your app looks like a polished proper app. Um, but, but the idea would basically be you don't have to, if you want to put a button in the bottom right corner, you wouldn't have to align it perfectly 15 pixels from the bottom and 15 pixels from the edge. You would just kind of say, I want to turn this feature on and it would be there. I'm understanding, and this is very exciting, and it comes from a need that you perceived and you have looked at. Let's say without this app, now I'm saying they're using alternatives right now. Yeah. So why does this new idea exist? I understand it in features and benefits. I'm thinking more in terms of pain of because... Yeah. It's nice to have a good design that is shiny, and I approve of it, but we're exploring now the idea. So what if they have an average design that they use, you know, without it being perfectly aligned or using just some uh, average template that doesn't look that great but gets the job done? Yeah, so at Adalo, I think some of the biggest challenges we ran into is that, I guess it's twofold. One... Some of our most valuable customers are customers that had been with us for a long time, were churning out of the system or canceling their accounts because they weren't able to get to the level of app quick enough that they wanted to. Even though they had been pretty involved in it all, they'd spent sometimes hundreds of hours on the platform, they still couldn't get it to that level just because it seems like you change one thing and something else needs to be updated. Um, so that's one part of it. The other part is I think... Right now, no-code app building, at least, is really only being used by people who are building businesses from scratch. And it's not very applicable to people who are maybe not doing this as their primary thing. I think definitely a lot of your audience is, you know, the type of, type of person that is perfect for Adalo if they have those design chops. Um, but we were also wanting to kind of approach the audience of people who are doing it a little more casually and or doing it as part of the other job. Uh, and so I think both of those things require a platform that's a little bit more straightforward to use, doesn't require so much learning curve uh, to address that larger set of the audience. Great. And let's focus on one of those two. Which one would you is closer to your heart or would be maybe the easy win? Are those the people who are churning from uh, Adalo because they cannot get it right exactly to the level that they wish? Or is it those people who are um, making many projects and more of, like you said, makers who are testing different ideas to see what will work? Which of these two would be uh, like closer to your heart or an easier market to enter or segment or niche? Yeah, definitely the second one. The, the makers who are doing multiple things just want to move quickly that's what I had hoped people would be doing with Adalo, but when it came down to it, it just took them a lot longer to get to something that they wanted to ship. And so the idea with this is just let you go a lot faster from idea to app or idea to web app um, and get that shipped a lot faster, but still do that at a level that you're happy with. Great. So could it be said that this new idea replaces the need for a designer when creating that app or testing that idea? Yeah, I, I think so in a lot of ways. I think 
at some point, a designer is always going to be useful just because there are things that they might think of that you didn't. But I think this just pushes that out a lot further. So you could get a lot further without a designer with what I'm thinking about now. Great. So to ask you another related question, because I had a guest who was saying that this is the process to do. It's you use no code to test an idea. When you see some traction, you move to low code and you tweak it even more. And then if it gets to that point of scaling, you turn into code itself to get that specific, specific work that you might need exactly. So is this a way of making it like further pushing the need for code and low code through using this new idea because you won't need that designer or anything. You will look professional from day one. I think in some ways, yes. I mean, this is definitely a contentious topic among the no-code startups because they're all out there telling their investors that nobody will ever switch off while their customers are thinking this way of, as soon as I get something working, I'm going to switch off and have a developer build it or switch to a low a low-code solution or something like that. I think as a result, this is contentious, but I don't think it has to be. I think really what people want is they want to have control of their product. And right now, the current tools, a lot of them are not allowing that because they're so locked in. And most of that's on the back end, actually, not the front end. Um, the back ends don't allow them to you know, develop custom functionality or connect to the systems they need to. And there's not enough flexibility there. Uh, while I think on the front end, a lot of them have close to enough, but I think, I think that's not quite there either. Um, I think in a perfect world, the way that I see this working in the long term is that some no-code tool will, on the app side, will achieve what Webflow essentially has on the website side, which is that you don't ever have to switch off Webflow unless you just want to. Um, it will have all the functionality where either you can build a plugin to add it or you can just build it right within the builder. Um, that there shouldn't be anything that you can't do that you really need unless you're doing something very custom. Um, that being said, I think that, you know, we want to provide, as, as the builders of these tools, we want to provide ways for people to kind of get that functionality that they can't within the tool. And I think a lot of the existing no-code tools have also been bad at that. I think that, like Hidalo just recently added a uh, HTML uh, component so you can add custom HTML code, but that doesn't really even work because they're building mobile apps and web apps and it's like using a combination of different technologies. So your HTML doesn't feel as native as the rest of the app. Um, but I think having more things like that that allow people to have like different ways of customizing their app are really the solution here. I think that the the whole like no code to low code to code transition is sort of a stopgap where the tools just aren't good enough right now. But I think in the long term, that probably won't be how it works. I think nobody really wants to rebuild their product three times either. If they could do it really well with one tool and it works, um, then why would you go and rebuild it? I think some other tools are taking interesting approaches of just really being upfront about allowing exports. And some of those exports, I, I haven't really seen any exports at this point that are high quality enough that a developer really want to work on it. I think Draftbit definitely was the closest, but they, you know, they've haven't really launched yet. So, I don't know. I I think long term what what I'm saying is like long term, I don't think this is an issue. I think this is a temporary thing. I think that obviously if I achieve what I'm trying to do with this new tool, then that will absolutely push it a little further down the road, but I think 
what I'm really focused on with this right now is the top of the funnel and the beginning of the process. Um, more than once you get to 150,000 users. That being said, I think you'll be able to go a lot further just because it kind of has these assumptions built in, which are what's actually limiting the current tools because they're trying to be too free form. They end up being less performant. They end up not scaling as well. They end up having a variety of different limitations because of that. Thank you. And to ask you two questions. One, will they be able to get to their app and build it faster because of this uh, design opinionated kind of tool? And second, did you sense or get feedback or see that pain that people might not ship their idea because they worry it doesn't look professional enough and it's not uh, shiny and polished enough? Yeah, I mean, I absolutely. That's the entire purpose of this new design concept. I think that while it's easy to tell people look, you should be embarrassed at your first version or nothing's ever perfect. Uh, you would no longer say that about an email you're sending out. And so why should you have to say that about an app that you're building if you're using a tool that's building it for you, right? I think that right now, a lot of the no-code tools, including you know the, the current team at Adalo, other, other teams around are telling people, look, just get to the point where you can ship it, come back to the design later, you shouldn't be so worried about this. But that's the company saying it to the customer. And in reality, the customer kind of already knows that in 2021, you need to have a high quality design or nobody's really going to bother looking at your product. I mean, unless you're in some kind of a weird enterprise niche where people have no alternative or it's a very just kind of narrow product. I think in those cases, you can get away with a little shabbier of a looking product. But if you're trying to test something consumer these days, while it doesn't have to be perfect, it does have to meet a certain level of quality. And I think that's just hard to achieve sometimes today. Great. Actually, there are so many great things that you're sharing with us today. And to ask you another of another side of this, when they use your tool compared to finishing the same project in Adalo or any of the other alternatives that might be possible, can they finish it faster? easier with less headaches or you know can you speak about that experience and flow and maybe gain in speed or reduction in friction in creating their ideas for makers who will be into creating a lot of uh, different apps yeah absolutely i mean that's that's the whole idea up here um i think that what what i always try to do when i'm building products is look for the common use cases look for the common behaviors and really optimize those things as opposed to the things that people are doing very infrequently. And so if you build around making the defaults or making the assumptions around the things that people are doing frequently, you can reduce the time a lot, you can reduce the headaches a lot, you can just also kind of make it easier to get your head around because some of this stuff is truly just complex. And so if something's a little more complex, it can mean that can be the difference between you using it successfully and not using it at all just because you're going to get frustrated or not be able to get over some hurdle. So sometimes it's not just even speed. It's like, this is just not going to work because I can't figure this one thing out. And so I think really my goal here is just to take those things that a lot of people are doing and the ways they're doing them and build that in, um, make those the way that it starts. I love it. So in many ways, it helps people not get to that frustrating point of getting stuck somewhere and because of that, giving up because... 
the tool is already putting, because many people think creativity, it means having unlimited space to create unlimited things. But I remember there were studies that actually when there are constraints, creativity flows much more because that works within human nature and the way that humans evolved in a space that is constrained rather than unlimited space or like in those games where you play in god mode and can go through the walls and everything and it's uh, fun but it's not really a productive way to play the game and to tell speak more about uh, this specifically why is now the right time for this new tool to exist and i'm speaking not just as in okay you left uh, adalo you noticed that there were uh, things missing but what is in the zeitgeist of the whole period or in 2021 that makes this year and this time the right time for people to use your new tool and for it to exist? What is the opportunity or the change in society or economics that made this good uh, opportunity and a good time for it to exist? Yeah, so I think talking about the constraints versus freedom, one thing that I, just a, a classic example I use is Look at the Google Docs, Google Word Docs people make versus a Notion doc. The they still have plenty of creativity in a Notion doc, but they generally all get to a level of polish that rarely people achieve using Google Docs or Word. And one thing that I've noticed these days is that a lot of people are even turning Notion docs or Airtable public views into sort of like call them mini products or you know, prototypes of experiences. And I think that they want to take these things further than just what Notion or Airtable lets them do. But there's not really a tool that bridges the gap between that and a full-blown builder at the moment. And so that's kind of where I see this fitting in and why now is the right time. Because I think those things have kind of evolved over the last couple of years. And now they're part of the standard set, the startup, you know, toolbox for a lot of these bootstrappers, a lot of these makers. And having a tool that lets them have a similar feel, but get a lot further with it and prototype some actual functionality, I think is what a lot of people are asking for right now. Great. And to explore alternatives. So right now, there are no comparable alternatives that are design opinionated for app makers who want to test many ideas for them to use, correct? So, the, I mean, there, there definitely is one that's worth mentioning, Glide, which is obviously pretty well known is a very great tool that I that I love. Um, and the moment they launched back in, I think it was late 2018, I saw actually one of my, I saw one of my former interns posting on Facebook about Glide back, back in 2018. And I was like, wow, this tool really nailed it. But I think they haven't actually gotten too much outside of kind of what their templates let you do and what you can do with Google spreadsheets. And so, I think they still haven't quite nailed all of this experience in terms of the level of customization of functionality that people want. I think they they do some things really well, though. And so I take a lot of inspiration from what they're doing. Great. But then now I see a bit of uh, an oxymoron or a paradoxical thing. So can you please comment on two things? One is you mentioned Google Docs and Sheets. So do you allow people to begin building in Google Docs and Sheets and then export them or get them imported into this new tool? And the second, you spoke about 
having templates and constraints and that is useful and improves the flow and the shininess, as well as mentioning that people want more flexibility and more choices and more design, which seem to be contradictory. So can you speak about both the Google Sheets and Docs part in this tool, as well as, well, where do you strike the balance and the the separation between having choices and being design opinionated? Yeah, I think where I'm saying I think people want more flexibility is really in the functionality and how they put things together, uh, more so than the, and I guess with the flows as well, more so than with the pixel pushing and the polish of the actual design. Um, so I think that's really where I draw the line and what I'm hoping to do. I think that definitely some limitations are good. And from a functionality standpoint, that's necessary. Like you can't build every possible thing in the world. But where I want to, I think the constructive limitations are things that make you add a certain amount of spacing between buttons uh, rather than saying you can't do any payments in this app because it just doesn't support it. I think that's not a constructive limitation because if you want to build an app that needs payments, then you're never going to be able to get that thing done um, if the platform you're building on just doesn't support it. So I think that's kind of how I view that that paradox. I think that also just generally like functionality limitations are often the showstoppers where people simply cannot do the core functionality of their app, then there's no way they can use your platform. But design limitations are often things that people learn to work around and can be constructive. Great. So if I understood you correctly, this tool will allow any app builder to build the app from A to Z, include all the common and necessary functionalities all in one stop shop or in one place but when it comes to design it's uh, like hand holding them in a design uh, kind of opinionated ways to make sure that their app will always have shiny professional looking design that appeals to the modern consumers correct yeah more or less and i mean i, I definitely want to allow some customization but i want to i want to keep the the defaults that it it will just look good by default yeah so thank you. But by allowing those customizations, well, how will your message be? Will it be saying that, okay, we are design opinionated. This is the stake that we put in the ground. Or is it saying, well, if you want shiny design, you can use that. And if you want more, we allow more. Because those are totally different marketing positions to take, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I... I think that's a delicate road to walk. I think that having a strong opinion about certain things always makes sense. Um, and so I'm honestly trying to figure out where the, where the line is here at this point. Because there, there are some things with design where it should just always be this way. But there are other things where it's really a matter of opinion. And I'm trying to find the, the balance there. Okay. Let's do both, like think about both. What if you were absolutely like design limited in a way that you make sure that it looks uh, these 20 different specific ways or 10 or whatever and they will look good and there are no flexibility that are beyond what will look good that you already decided will be well who is doing that already or if not what is good or bad about that versus well what if you allowed them all full freedom 
to do the, the, the design, then what is the uniqueness of this tool if they can w- think about, okay, I can design it in any way, as well as I can go to Adalo and design it any way I wish. Maybe this one helps me center it a little bit easier, but is that really a big difference? So can you speak about whether to take a stake and say, well, we limit design to the most that we found the best of the best, or, well, that thing where if you went full on, we allow you to make beautiful design in any way you wish, what will be the benefits or the net drawbacks of either or both? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's actually somewhere in the middle if you really think about what the optimal use is. I think that when people are first building their apps and when they're first prototyping, they want something that just kind of looks good right away. And then I think as you get further into it, you want more customization options. And so that's why I think we kind of went wrong at Adalo is that right now today at Adalo, to get it to that point of looking good, you have to build it out completely and focus a lot on polishing. Whereas in reality, when you're just building that initial version, you're probably thinking a lot more about the functionality and not really thinking so much about the colors and the alignment and spacing yet. And so I think that Rather than focus on one versus the other, it's more a question of what do you do first and then after that, what do you do next, right? And so that's, that's kind of how I'm thinking about it um, more than, I, I don't think there will ever be a point where you'll have quite as many customization options for the design as Adalo does just because you can truly do anything, even, even things that don't make any sense, like putting buttons on top of other buttons and things like that. Uh, those are things that you should never do. But that being said, uh, there there's a lot more where after your app is sort of skeletoned and put together, then going back and tweaking the the design a little bit is something people want to do, I think. Yes. And to have both weakens the marketing a lot. Is it possible to have kind of two brands like uh, this new tool for makers, which has limited design flexibility and is very design opinionated and then a pro version that is a bit more expensive and allows those people who want to take it to the next level to have a lot more freedom then each can have its own marketing message and will be a lot more clear and persuasive is this something that could be uh, a consideration or a possibility in your uh, building yeah i mean that, that could be interesting my myself personally i tend more towards just putting that functionality within the same product, but putting it a little more buried, uh, putting it a little deeper, like under the advanced settings menu, you get more options for font sizing and that kind of thing, as opposed to as opposed to putting it front and center with, with the other things that are needed more frequently. But I, I do think the branding is more just, we're here to help you get great design, um, whether, whether you're a, you know, just somebody who doesn't know any design or, you know, a little bit, I think that's, that marketing can work for both of those. Okay, although if they don't know much about design, giving them those advanced options doesn't um, really like mix with that avatar. But to explore it in another way, eliminating all the design from our thoughts, what other ways is your uh, tool a better solution than what is out there in the market? Let's imagine everybody had great design. So what difference? Because you mentioned that speaking about having all the functionalities that are possible, well, what are the alternatives? Are there other apps that allow you, uh, to other tools that allow you to create apps that have all the functionalities 
under one roof or is this something new that you're bringing to market? Yeah, so basically the way that I look at it today, most of the tools either have a built-in backend like Adalo does, like Bubble does, um, or they kind of depend on one particular system like Glide depends on Google Sheets. And then there's a third category today where you only build the front end and then it can connect to APIs and you have to hook up, configure which APIs it would connect to and then do all that kind of yourself. I think there's a better path here, which is that um, you should be able to connect to different data sources like Airtable, Google Docs, or others, um, as well as probably some kind of built-in system for getting started. But then you should have the flexibility of, with, with the same level of ease of doing this, you should be able to connect to other types of data sources. And that's what a lot of people don't really do right now. They have great functionality for their primary type of data. And then if you go anything out of that, if you try to use any APIs, it becomes really complicated and difficult. And so we noticed this with Airtable in particular at Adalo. And I think that's mainly because Airtable just has a limited developer program, which, uh, which I'm trying to get access to for this. But um, basically, I think having the same level of user experience, whether you're connecting to the internal database or to Airtable or something else is really important um, because then you can access your data where it is if you already have it somewhere else and thereby build all that functionality but also, you know, not ha- not lose access to that user experience that is good. Thank you. And, you know, let's think totally different because I was trying, like, to find the gold in different places. And what I'm finding is that uh, you're trying to make this at, as useful to as many people as possible, which would dilute any marketing like because it can be x but also it can be y and it can be useful to people with no design experience but people who are designers can find it useful so let's evolve and go another step further will this be a tool that replaces all other app builders in the no code space i think to an extent i think that right now I basically look at tools that are used by, and this is more on the company side as opposed to the individual side, but I think there's there's definitely parallels there as well. Um, I look at tools that are used by product teams, as in teams trying to build the primary product for a company. And then I look at tools that are used by other teams in a company, um, like marketing or sales or whatever. And I think that this is something where Anything that one of those other teams wants to build, they could use this tool very successfully. And they're having a lot of problems with the other tools. But that being said, so on the maker side, I think there definitely are some people who are trying to build a proper startup and want a lot of customization and control out of the box. But I'm I'm not really going for that part. What I'm going for is the people who want to get going quickly, want to kind of want to have the guardrails up on what they're doing so that it is easy to do quickly and get something out that looks good. So I don't know if that makes a ton of sense. That's probably not a great answer to your, to your question. But, it it uh, makes sense if they weren't able to lower those guardrails and destroy them totally because then yeah. I, there is no... like Because to say a marketing message... We have to decide, okay, this is what we stand for 100%, and we stay on those talking points on message all the time. But yeah. if we are like, 
okay, we're on message, but if you don't want us to be this, we can also be very uh, much more open about X, Y, Z. And then there is no stake for me to put in the ground for Fair people enough. to think about uniqueness. So that's why I said, could you separate it, make those advanced options, something like a pro version? And then, of course, then it becomes much easier. But if it's the same, just more buried, well, we cannot say it's not there. You know, we cannot yeah, say, I, okay. I think the reality is how this is going to play out is I'm going to build something that starts very opinionated and allows, you know, enough customization, but not too much um, at the beginning. And over time, my guess is people are going to want specific things and we'll find ways to fit those in that don't take away from the ease of use getting started. And that's kind of how how I've always tried to approach things is, there's a way to do this because a few people need it or a bunch of people need it, but it's not the first thing they're doing. So we put it a little deeper, but you maintain that brand of being the easy thing to use. I think that's, that's important. Um, I, I agree with you. There's definitely work to be done here. Okay. Let's think this way. What if you actually allowed it, but never spoke about it and made it seem like, you know, those cheat sheets in video games where you will put, you know, square, triangle, up, down, whatever, to get unlimited ammo and unlimited everything and win a, win a way where you say, we are design opinionated, we are X, Y, Z, but people could cheat the system without like you officially approving of it or something like that. Is this possible? Yeah, I think absolutely. I think that's something that like Snapchat and Instagram stories both do in interesting ways where there are a bunch of features in there that only certain people know about, <laughs> but uh, they have just essentially discovered them on their own or found them on YouTube. And there are interesting things like that. Granted, those products have probably more penetration than any no-code tool ever will at this point, but I think there are still ways to do that that are basically like discoverable interfaces that are not necessarily talked about publicly as much. So it's like Easter eggs. You can leave them in this new tool and it can be like uh, you spoke about product hunt. They can do Easter egg hunts inside this and that can generate buzz and be a reason for it to go a bit more viral. I think it's a good, playful thing. So, okay, if I understood you correctly and we're speaking specifically about makers, what makers want is to finish and complete and ship their uh, app and for it to look very good. But the problem is makers are not designers and if they use many of the alternative tools, those tools give them too much freedom, which ends up in designs that are suboptimal. So the tool that you have comes in and it is design opinionated, whereby limiting the design options, it actually opens the beautiful and aesthetic possibilities for your app. And how this helps you is you as a maker will have two very great things. One, you will know that your app looks good, which means you will gain more confidence to ship it. And this is very important in a world where so many people are building but not shipping. So your tool is like pro shipping and something that creates confidence in shipping. And the second thing is it will look good. And in this time, um, people who are consumers our users, they are very demanding because they're exposed to very beautiful designs and very beautiful 
user experience and UI. And therefore, if you come in with your prehistoric, uh, you know, mishmash of uh, trying to look good, but it looks ugly, people will take one look at it and leave. And your idea, who could have been good, it will not be judged on its own merit because now people judge books by their cover and therefore you will lose a possible idea that could get you to that scale and to those 10,000 or 100,000 users just because you try to do the design yourself and what your tool comes in is it allows your idea to have more probability of succeeding and of surviving because of this simple reason when it's designed right people will judge your idea basically on the idea itself and the functionality. If it's designed badly, people will take one look and no matter how good the inside of the idea is, well, people will leave and they will be watching their Snapchat and Instagram stories and they will forget you even exist, with, which can make you lose all the possibilities and get that public humiliation of your idea just crashing yeah, and burning, that, uh, even though it had potential well. to succeed. So your tool is about saving potential in the no-code community of saving all those ideas who can be the next big thing, but because of poor it? design and of makers trying to do the design themselves, but they don't know how, or using tools that are not design opinionated, which can lead to ugly designs, they are buried are and dying and I crashing right I now. Well, they shouldn't be, and you are here, the hero saving the day, as well as getting them that confidence of knowing that everything is going to be very, very beautiful. I think you summed it up pretty well, <laughs> what, I'm, what I'm trying to do. Thank you. And this is really the essence of marketing. Marketing is about finding that emotional resonance. And I was uh, talking to Chris Tong about it, that uh, there are levels to marketing. There is the marketing that speaks about the features and the benefits and the extra things that you allow people to do. But when you are the hero, allowing people who want to ship to have something that looks good and that will be have higher probability of surviving because people won't judge it on the ugly design and run away. Anyway, you, you'll hear the whole thing. Thank you so much. Would this be helpful in shaping this idea in any way? Yeah, absolutely. I think that something I often struggle with is trying to, you know, fill the needs of too many people at the same time, but <laughs> you're, you're pushing me to distill it down is, is super helpful. Thank you. And when people want to follow you more, to follow the building or to uh, hear about this new tool when it's ready, what links can they go to? Where can they be? Like, can you share where people can find more? Yeah, the, the best place to follow me is just on Twitter. Uh, it's at Jeremy Blaylock, my first and last name. Lately, I've been posting a lot of photos about <laughs> camping and random things, but there's a lot of things coming about this as well. Thank you, Jeremy. I wish that 2021 will be the year where this tool becomes reality and it does its impact on the no-code community. And to the listener, if you have an idea, whether you're working on it or you are, have an idea that you will, you're planning to work on and would like to be a guest, that I work with you on your idea and sum it up or and turn it into some emotionally driving marketing, please review this podcast on Apple, then contact me on Twitter at NoCodeWealth, and I will be honored and glad to have you here. Jeremy, I wish you a great day, and thank you so much. Thank you. It's been a great talk. Mm -hmm.